off top lobsters pee out of their face play the music this is the dominique foxworth show What's up, Charlie? <laughs> oh, my God. That was a, a stunning revelation. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Just like grasshoppers have ears on their tummies, lobsters urinate from little ducks beneath their eyes. Huh. Hmm. Yep. Playoff football championship round. Let's get ready for a big game or, or two big games. I have to admit, I'm both like looking forward to getting a break when the season's over but i've really enjoyed these last couple weeks they've been fun and i guess also part of the fun is just like laying on i got a real big couch in my basement that like me and my wife just lay on when it's game time and my son dives around the couch and lays with us it's just been fun stuff and i've been enjoying it i'm gonna be sad when it goes away but i'm also gonna get some rest and this last weekend was a weird one. I guess we, we don't need to talk about this last weekend. I just was thinking about how the DeMar Hamlin stuff loomed over the last weekend. And like, I can't pretend like I did not enjoy the football, but I also was like, at times I, I would like to portray myself as someone who was like in conflict for the entire weekend, but I was not, I was loving the football. But every time they showed DeMar Hamlin, I think it had a reverse impact on me than it did most people because I was like, stop reminding me. Like, I, like I, I, I'm happy that he's OK, obviously. But like, this is not I don't know. It's not a uh, know. I'm sorry. I, that's not where I no, want to no, no, no. I want to talk about real exciting football. But I was just reminiscing about my feelings over this past weekend. And uh, it was fun when they kept showing Jamar or DeMar during that game. I. I was at first, I was like, oh, this is really cool. He held up the heart. They actually drew the false start. Awesome moment. And then when the announcers kept on being like, look at DeMar Hamlin, look out. And you couldn't see anything behind the snow. I All I was thinking, like, big L for the Hallmark Channel to have uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo pretending they can see what this guy's doing in the, in, in the box because they couldn't see anything either. The All right, well, let's spin it forward to the football that's coming up this weekend. So we don't have mm-hmm. two days of football. We have one day of football to be curled up on the couch with your family, enjoying it. And I was trying to think of an interesting way to discuss these games. And I want to like present you with this, with this prism through which to look at these contests. Mm -hmm. What if we swap quarterbacks? How does that, how does that make, or how much differently do you feel about the games in this competition? And, And for the sake of this conversation, I guess, should we make Patrick Mahomes healthy or not healthy? I feel like a healthy Patrick Mahomes makes the conversation more interesting. It makes it much more interesting. We have no idea how Patrick Mahomes is going to play. We assume he will play practice today. Uh, I mean, we're recording this on Thursday, and the reports were he, were, he was out there. But well, like they're one and a half okay. point, they're one and a half point dogs at home in a playoff game with Patrick Mahomes. So clearly, the handicappers are not expecting him to be a hundred percent, and I think it would be foolish. For us to expect him to be 100%. Um, I do. Okay. So off the jump, I think both the Bengals and the Chiefs would be still excellent if you switched quarterbacks. I think that one we can get to. The one I think is much more interesting is the 49ers and the Eagles game. 
And the reason yeah, I think that's a tougher one, I think it's interesting. And I want to toss it back to you on this is, all right, we know Jalen Hurts was slower burn developmentally. I think he would be obviously awesome and crosses the Shandoza line. Like if you put him with that preposterous amount of skill position players, he would be awesome. With that said, he is also the star quarterback who has been the most supported by an incredible roster and a coach that plays to his strengths this year of anyone we deem a star quarterback. So given that, I actually think Purdy would probably be pretty good with Sirianni supporting him in that system also. See, that's the, I don't think so. So I, I think, which is not, I'm not going out on a limb. I think um, Hurts with Shanahan is magical. God tier. Yeah, and God I think tier. that's like, it's, it's what Shanahan, I assume, was imagining some version of uh, when he got Trey Lance is adding the athletic quarterback uh, to this situation. Uh, the the weapons are great. They don't have the the same type of downfield threats, I think, the 49ers don't, as the Eagles at the receiver position. But I'm not sure that that matters. I mm-hmm. do think that it matters that um, Brock Purdy is not the running threat. Yeah. I, I don't think that the Eagles are nearly as effective offensively with um, Brock Purdy and not uh, having Jalen Hurts. So I guess the, the question is, do you think the the winner changes? I think it's it automatically becomes the 49ers if we have Hurts yes, under 49ers. Even 100%. though I think the offensive line matters. That's what we talk a lot about the weapons around Jalen Hurts, but one of the best, uh, I guess you can use the word weapons or supports that he's received is a great offensive line. That's impressive run blocking and has two tackles that you can have rush ends on both sides and they could still feel comfortable holding up against those guys. I think that matters. And also the, the, they, I think the defense is, is the probably defense is left in the playoffs. Yeah. 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 Uh, the 49ers are more fun to watch. I think because yeah. uh, the way Fred Warner uh, runs around the field and makes everything look ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, the difference for where, where the um, Eagles are strong, much stronger is that cornerback. I went mm-hmm. back and watched the um, all the plays that Darius Slay had against Justin Jefferson, and I don't think we we celebrated that nearly enough because <laughs> I don't think Justin Jefferson at that point that was early in the season that was like week three or four right Justin Jefferson hadn't I mean we knew how good he was but now because I remember responding to uh, Jair Alexander. Uh, having a good game against Justin Jefferson, like it was an impossible feat. The second one of those matchups, right? Where yeah, Jefferson yeah, like, came back and played well. Yeah, was an impossible feat, and he had help at times, and it still was an impressive feat. I'm not knocking it, but we didn't talk about. And I guess also going into that game, we had bigger questions. It was like Jalen Hurts. This is his first like legitimate uh, matchup. We had bigger questions about that, so that was a conversation afterward. But Darius Slay had two interceptions, I think, in that game. And I don't believe I think Jeff Jefferson caught like two passes on him and they were for like five yards a piece. He caught other passes against other people. But anyway, that is just bringing up the point that the cornerbacks there, Bradbury and Slay, are a valuable asset that I think sometimes get overlooked when we talk about how many sacks they get. And we talk about how dynamic that offense is, how good that offensive line is. We talk about a whole bunch of things, but we don't talk about the fact that they have two corners that they should be, even though they don't do a ton of man, 
they should be comfortable and it allows them to be flexible as hell with those guys locked up against anyone. Well, the, the other thing too is remember we were like, wow, the Eagles defense sucks against the run. And then Howie Roseman was just like, nah, nah, we're going to fix that midseason. We'll be all right. We'll sign these old guys who can do it in spurts. And then when it comes playoff time, we'll have depth and a lot of like elite talent for short spurts. Like they're really complete and scary on defense. I think they're yeah, I think they're going to win. And like the quarterback swap conversation, I think. Yeah, it's pretty obvious for them. Yeah, it's pretty obvious with them. It's less useful than I hope it'll be in with the other team. But I do. I don't know. I, I could. The 49ers could make me look stupid, but I do think the, the Eagles are just better. Yeah. Like, I think they're more talented and they're just better. So I, I was actually going to ask you because I'm really not sure because we haven't seen. Jalen Hurts as the starter be challenged since like the Chicago game. It's been like almost all season and that's really strange. So we have less of these high leverage moments, but the exercise I wanted to go through with you is because like, it's kind of fun imagining we could be Kyle Shanahan and how you're going to scheme this up. What do they have to do to beat the Eagles? Like, is it going to be all like, does Christian McCaffrey have to go off? Does George Kittle have to be dominant in the middle of the field? I, I actually don't exactly no, because it went in my head. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, if they score 24 points, then you actually need Brock Purdy to play well, not just be a C minus Brock Purdy that we saw the last last week. Which is why the most important thing for them to do is not going to be a, a sexy conversation about one of their skills players. It's about their defense. Like The most important thing for them to do is to contain the Eagles offense, create turnovers, create short field. Uh, get sack fumbles, tip interceptions, or just those sorts of things. That is what they're going to have to do. I, they offensively, like you would think that they could feel good about different matchups, but there, there really isn't like a dominant matchup, even though they have all these weapons. Like I'm thinking through, I guess it's attacking the linebackers is potentially a good matchup. But, like, the Eagles get in nickel. They have good safeties. They have a great nickel. Like, if Kittle is your recipe, then I, I think that it's running the ball with Kittle because they'll go small to try to defend him. But, like, I, I don't see them. It's going to require a great sch scheme because I don't see them with, like, decided advantages offensively. Like, I'm not concerned about Darius Slay and man coverage against Debo Samuel. I'm not concerned mm – -hmm about Bradbury or Slay in man coverage against Ayuk. Like, that doesn't concern me as an Eagles uh, um, onlooker. But scheming up big running plays and potentially uh, building the play action off of that and creating plays here or there, I, just, I, I find it hard to imagine a scenario where they can just drive the ball at will against the Eagles. They didn't do it against the Cowboys, honestly. So, and I, I find it a little bit more, which I guess when you look at the other side, it's hard to say that it's going to be easier for the Eagles offensively against that 49ers defense because the 49ers defense is great, but I think it will be easier. Well, here's the thing that's interesting about the other side is like, we know how Nick Sirianni wants to establish the run and use his offense. But like what we saw two weeks ago with the DK uh, game against the 49ers, are they, is this going to be a game where they give AJ Brown like, 15 targets, like 10 of them with the really deep, uh, deep depth of target. Like, are we going to see that unleash Jalen Hurts in that game? Because that's actually exciting. That's a new type of Eagles offense. Right. I mean, I don't see why not. I think the secondary with the uh, 
the 49ers is aggressive. They're going to be aggressive in part because everyone's scheme is to get rid of it quickly against that pass rush. Uh, so they're going to be aggressive, which opens them up to deep shots, particularly when you have an offensive line. Like they don't even have to necessarily do some weird mass max protect situation. They can run normal stuff because not that uh, Armstead and Bosa and those guys can't get past them, but they're going to have a hard time. Like they, they will be able to hold up, I think, more times than not in ways that most offensive lines um, cannot. Jordan Mailata is... I guess I don't want to say as good as Lane Johnson, but he's playing the more difficult position, the left yeah. tackle, and he's a, a freakish athlete that looks like a basketball. But like he's lean. It's it's a stretch to say he looks like a basketball player, but he's yeah. he's lean and athletic. And I I don't think that uh, they I, I don't think that they are thinking like, hey, I guess we got to keep a tight end to help the, keep a tight end and to help these guys out. Like they'll be comfortable in that situation. So. I've been grinning this entire conversation. First of all, pat ourselves on the back because we just talked about defenses and offensive lines being the key to this game and didn't take the bait of the quarterbacks. But good for us. I'm I'm ready to eat the trash. There's a quote that I got when you said you wanted to do a QB swap conversation. I got so excited because this quote's been floating around since yesterday evening. Did you did you hear what Peter King said about a potential QB swap? And it, it, uh-uh. it connects to Brock Purdy, so we'll get it's gonna it's gonna derail us, but I don't care. This is a direct quote. If I were starting a franchise right now, I'd rather have Brock Purdy be my quarterback than Dak Prescott. That sounds insane to say, but that's how I feel. Peter King said this? Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's not going to derail us. It's, it won't. I refuse to allow it to derail us. It's, I mean, I, it, it's his argument. I assume that he didn't flesh out an argument where he's like... Brock Purdy owns as many playoff wins as Dak Prescott. <laughs> Another quote. That's not that's not for me. That's from him. That makes me want to throw up. So, I mean, the argument there that is reasonable is like for the seventh round price, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only argument there that's reasonable. Straight up, I don't want Purdy. Because I, I implicit in that is Shanahan shade, right? Yeah. Because like most of us expect or most, most of us believe that Purdy is at least – some percentage of the credit, significant percentage of the credit for the success and the wins that he had is goes to that defense and goes to Shanahan and those weapons. Um, the same cannot be said for uh, Dak Prescott, but I can't be derailed by this because it's so absurd that it's not worth having a conversation over. It's like I'm glad I, I'm glad I got to see your reaction because that was that was worth all of it. Sorry, I've been holding no, that. You, in you can't derail us because I, I don't argue with flat earthers, and this is tantamount to to that but we'll see maybe brock purdy will be a hall of famer at some point but right now it's a little too soon to be was he six games in seven games in i think he's he hasn't lost yet it was six regular season games and two playoff games by the way for the i agree it's this is a shanahan success story but also it's a bleeping miracle to win two playoff games with the last pick in the nfl draft play quarterback in he's you think he's gonna get the um the offensive rookie of the year no, I don't think so. I think it'll go to uh, Kenneth Walker yeah. um, just because he was pretty, pretty awesome. All year long, I agree. But I mean, what Purdy is, I, I think there's a reasonable argument to be made with the success that Purdy's had in a shorter period of time is more impressive. Yeah, I think it's I think there's an argument to be made there. I, I like the idea of giving it to Kenneth Walker because quarterbacks get everything. But Brock Purdy. Yeah. 
I, I wouldn't be mad if somebody voted for Brock Purdy for that award. No, nah, it'd be pretty cool. I do have, uh, before we move to the other game, because we deserve to give that one a ton, a ton of love too. I do have a question for you about the Purdy Trey Lance situation. Who do you think has more trade value this offseason? Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I have to assume that is Trey Lance. Right. I don't know that he has a ton of trade value, but I think he has more than Brock Purdy, probably, because the ceiling is high, higher on Trey Lance, I would think, than Brock Purdy. I was trying to think about it, and I was like, if I was running a team and I could get Trey Lance for a third round pick, I'd be like, that's the type of dart throw I'd want to I'd want to do because it's like freak, freak athlete, incredible talent, still super young. But then on the other side, I would be I would be shitting my pants if I had to trade a third round pick for Brock Purdy, even though he's, you know, a win away from the Super Bowl and has played as close to lights out football as a rookie quarterback can play in the postseason, yeah. despite a C minus game last week. Just because like you, I would I would have no idea how much is him. And that's it's so hard to say that without saying it sounding like you're just shading Purdy, but like it's a weirdly talented team. Yeah. I mean, I think you can get I think the question is how much can he grow? Because I think it's fairly easy to watch the games and figure out how much the result of the success of scheme and other players around him. Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably fair to say of a lot of young quarterbacks who have success is they have success early on because of things around them. Can he build on this and can he grow from this would be the question. And he doesn't have like tools that get people excited, which I think is probably the reason why Trey Lance might be a more attractive option. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom on Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season, hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so the other game. Quarterback swap. What do you think happens? Healthy. Mahomes, because I think it's a more interesting. Con- or I guess actually, I don't know. I feel like it's obvious if we do healthy Mahomes. So Mahomes in his current state. Do you think that Mahomes in his current state on the Bengals is better than Burrow on the Chiefs? No, no. I mean, I think Burrow's Burrow is uh, Burrow has established himself as being so good that Mahomes on one leg is not better is not better than Joe Burrow and maybe I'll look like an idiot. That's not so that, no, that's not the yeah. that's not the question. I'm not no, saying but I mean like will. better. I just think with Travis Kelsey and those guys, he'd still be awesome. No. Yeah, I mean, I still I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a more interesting conversation than that because I think it's the the question is what do you have to work with in Kansas City? You have right. a great offensive line. I think that's what you have to work with. You have a uh, talented and smart coach and you have Travis Kelsey. Um, and I guess the running game, you combine those running backs in the running game. And I guess it's, it's the, it's the coaching and Andy Reed and Travis Kelsey with somebody like Joe Burrow. You think that it's a blowout or you don't think that it's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a sense that you don't even think it's close that, that, um, no, no, no. that Mahomes I, so- is hobbled in the bank on the Bengals offense means it's not a, a competition. Here's so I look at this way. These are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. And like Mahomes is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. He's probably played at the highest singular level we've ever seen a quarterback play, other than maybe Brady in like the two minute drill offense. Mahomes is like they're one, whatever you want to do. Stupid, stupid discussion right now. We'll see in 20 years. Um, uh, But Burrow is now in a Hall of Fame trajectory. Yes, he has T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase is like one of the is going to be one of the great yak receivers we've ever seen. Yes, their even their backup up offensive line can maul people. They have a better running game. They have a better defense. But I'm just such a believer in Burrow as a decision maker and a command of the offense that even if you took less tools away from him, I think a really compromised Mahomes is not going to play better with that team. Do I think Mahomes on that team has a better shot to win? Yes, that he does now. Oh. But I don't think I, I still think Burrow would would play better given the restrictions on my so homes. It, it seems like you're pretty sure that the Bengals are going to win this weekend. Yeah, I kind of do. I think like yeah. unless and I think unless Andy Reid does something like crazy, unless this is like the Kadarius Tony game where you know Mahomes gonna have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I it sounds crazy that the Bengals are going to dare him to throw deep, but like. If he can't plant off his right foot, it seems like they they're they're going to do stuff like that and try and take away Kelsey in the middle of the field. I mean, would you be shocked if they ended up winning by a touchdown or slightly more? The the Bengals? Yeah. No, I definitely wouldn't be shocked if they do. I mean, we all know the history. They've beaten them three times in a row with healthy Mahomes. So yes, this is a tougher situation. I think we used last week as a like 
as proof that their offensive line with all his injuries is still really good. I'm not sure that's fair. Hmm. So we're not talking about their offense, the Bengals offensive line issues anymore because they did have a great display last week, offense and defensive line. They won up front. However, if they're not playing in a snowstorm, that might change the pass rush. And yeah. if they don't have the ability to like, and if their defense isn't playing nearly as well as they played again in a snowstorm, then they might have to do some straight drop back. Like, I think that's something that's, yeah, we just kind of put a check mark. Like, can their offensive line hold up? It did last week in a game that they controlled from the finish. I mean, they controlled start to finish yeah. and was in a snowstorm. And now Chris Jones is a monster. <laughs> and so, like, I think that that is the the um the Chiefs' defense is going to have to step up. Like, this is a week where they're going to need to do more. And particularly that defensive line, that front is going to have to destroy uh, the Bengals front. Otherwise, I do think that a hobbled Patrick Mahomes is, is going to be tough to to overcome. I'm just imagining like in Arrowhead them putting like a video of Chief Sahalik from his from his like prison cell to pump up the crowd and get a get a false start from the from the Bengals. <laughs> I forgot about that story. Oh man, Chief Sahalik. I got to ask you because this is another thing, defensive back thing. As we move from this. Don't think Eli Apple is cool. Am I wrong for that? <laughs> um, yeah. Is he cool? I don't know. I appreciate what he's doing, but like, I don't know that I think he's cool. I, the reason why I appreciate it is like Eli Apple's been, and I don't have to tell you this or probably anyone else who's watching this. It's like, yeah, Eli Apple's been the butt of jokes for a long time since he was in New York, the Giants, at the media capital, not playing well on a team that frankly wasn't very good. People been picking on him. And then last year, people are picking on him all the time. He's not like, he's not likable by fans for whatever reason. I don't have an issue with him. So I kind of enjoy and appreciate his him getting a chance to dunk on people and particularly after last year like that pivotal touchdown was scored on him yeah and people jumped on him and piled on him and you're you're smiling and you're grinning but this is my cornerback empathy i think <laughs> no is, i'm not laughing at you i'm just like no no i know you're not laughing at me but i'm just saying like you're grinning at like the idea that Eli Apple is well i don't know what you're smiling at i'm just saying like the point is it has to feel really, really terrible most of the time to like be Eli Apple and be like people are looking like he's not a terrible corner. He's good. And people are looking for I mean he's they were gonna yeah. bench him earlier this year. Yeah. Well they couldn't and he's playing well. I yeah. guess my my point is Eli Apple has at least in recent years they've had a successful run and he's been a part of that. Yeah. And no matter what, people are always looking to like shit on him and it and it sucks. So like I appreciate that he gets a chance to go and fire back at fans, at opponents, whatever. Do your thing, Eli. The thing that I was laughing about is like I Eli Apple's one of those uh examples of the unbridled confidence that separates professional athletes and defensive backs from normal people because that defense is sort of good in spite of him, in my opinion. <laughs> and like he played well last week, but like, okay, 
you're on like peewee baseball teams and football teams and you see your team win in spite of you and you're like thank <laughs> god you don't you don't then walk yeah. across and be like i did that I did but that. I, <laughs> also, at, at these peewee games, no one's yelling at you and calling you names and blaming you for everything. Like I, I, I don't know why people are bothered by Eli taking a victory lap every now and then because everyone loves to send him on a loser lap. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with Eli doing this thing. I wouldn't do it. I didn't do it when I played. It just wasn't like my style. But I also didn't like it. I wasn't. I never played for the New York Giants, and I didn't get as much like vitriol even when I played poorly as Eli Apple guy. So like, good for him. Do your thing. Um, but you brought up the word cool. And are we underappreciating how cool Jalen Hurts is? Like, I feel like we do a lot of Joe Burrow super cool, which he is. But Jalen Hurts just as probably actually handsomer and cooler than Joe Burrow. Well, maybe not cooler than Joe Burrow, but on the same plane of cool as Joe Burrow. And we don't talk about it nearly as much. I don't think he wants us to think he's as cool as Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah, because he does. He he's um he's coach's son, uh, lunch pail, do everything right, outwork everybody, which like tends not to be cool. And I kind of just think that like he would rather be completely anonymous. Maybe maybe not. No. I mean, obviously, no. He gritties in the end zone. Like he's uh, you remember that uh Mariucci pre-draft interview when he was talking about how he gets freaky in the open field. Like yeah, yeah. he he. Uh, you're wrong about that. Maybe I just think thinking him like, I remember the pre-draft uh, Nick Saban talk when he was like, no player has ever thought about the game of football in a more similar way to me than Jalen Hurts. And I, I pointed that, I was like, this guy's going to be really good. I like, I love this. But then I also was like, this guy's going to say nothing to us for the next decade. Yeah, like, We're true. not going to hear him say anything interesting. Joe Burrow loves like uh he loves like the sepia filter smoking a cigar with his hair slicked back wearing like a ridiculous outfit yeah and and like he yeah he weighs in on everything and social issues and everything yeah i'm sorry joe burrow you're still the coolest but yeah, I, I, mean, I i i demand that jalen hurts at least gets mentioned as a runner-up and uh yeah purdy's not cool mahomes is incredible but also doesn't come off as like cool Mahomes gets killed by the voice and his brother. Those are the two things that that just sap his cool. Yeah, I guess. But he's, his play is so freaking cool, though. Oh my god, it's like it's like addicting to watch Patrick Mahomes play. Like I'm actually like I I, I was wondering this: Are you somewhat excited to see what he's going to look like throwing the ball on one leg? Because we might see some like all time crazy shit. Because the last time when he had turf toe and he was having like diving throws that he threw 45 yards down the field off McCole Hardman's face mask. Yes. That was like some of the most absurd risk taking we've seen from Mahomes. I'm excited about Mahomes in the playoffs, no matter what condition he's in. Uh, though mm-hmm. I, I wish he was healthy. I think we all do because, well, all of us outside of Cincinnati because he's fun to watch. But um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a unique Mahomes experience. But again, I think that game is about the defense. All right. Um, is there any other news we we want to cover before we go on? We got we got um bets this week, or are we taking a week off? There's there's I don't have bets, but I have an I I have a question for you. It's okay. about it's about Super Bowl MVP odds. Um, we can do we can do that now and then move on to a a, a topic that I wanted to ask you about. Uh oh, all right. I don't like when you when you want to ask me things because it's like it's always something. No no no. Like- it's one of the things we talked about. Um, okay. All right. About 
it's one of the things we talked about with uh, like the reaction to the Cowboys reaction. Cause I kind of, I want to, I want to get there. Cause I'm sure we're fed the same algorithm of, of football Twitter. So you think, I think we should, we should get there. So Super Bowl MVP odds, Mahomes 325, Jalen Hurts 350, Joe Burrow 350, Brock Purdy 650, Christian McCaffrey 1400. Hmm. I would like to make a proclamation that I think the only bet that's worthwhile there is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I don't know exactly what all those numbers mean, but I think you get a lot more money if Christian McCaffrey wins it, right? That's that's exactly what it is. So it's like, it's it's how much you get if you bet $100 on it? Yeah, if you bet $100, you'd get $1,400 okay. for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's, yeah that's... Uh, I like that bet. I mean, why can't you just... Uh, you can just bet them all, right? Well, there, there are five of them. So unless McCaffrey or, or Brock Purdy hit, we would lose. But uh, okay. you could bet them all. You could definitely hedge. You could definitely hedge before the game and, and bet bet both of them. But this is also before the conference championship. So Yeah, so you get a little – that's what I was thinking. Before the conference championship, you get a little bump. But anyway, all right. I, I mean, I like that as a bet. You can put it in. I, I, I will not be doing that. I thought it was fascinating. I mean, it's his odds are not better than Purdy's, right? Purdy's are still better just because he's quarterback. Purdy's are better, but like – I think with the way that right, the payout would be better. Well, I also just think the way that people are viewing Purdy in the offense after the last yeah. couple of weeks where like I would be and like McCaffrey looks like he shot out of a cannon on these runs and they still have, they haven't, yeah, they haven't lost with Brock Purdy. They also haven't lost with Christian McCaffrey. I could <laughs> totally true. see him winning the MVP of that game. The um the problem with that is we don't know whose game it's going to be because I think it's probably yeah, yeah. I if there was a bet for for not Purdy, like I would like that bet better because it could be Debo, it could be Kittle, but yeah. I think there's a not Purdy bet that should um, have good odds because quarterbacks win so often. Actually, you know, we could do this now, and it, it's gonna hurt because it's gonna take Mahomes out of it. We could just uh, put a sprinkle of uh, in theory of Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow Super Bowl MVP. They're both plus three fifty. We'd take a win. And like it's it. like okay, that's our bet for the week. <laughs> All right, um, so. What's the question? I know I tr- I trolled you a little bit with Peter the Peter King quote earlier. Mm. Does does anyone are you at the point where you think the Dak Prescott debate is like the stupidest thing of all time? Of course, the stupidest. It's stupidest, the most boring thing ever. Because like I think it's become so microscopic of what we're even debating with Dak Dak Prescott. Yeah. It's now you have to give like the boilerplate language. Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback, but is he the sixth best quarterback ahead of Aaron Rodgers now, or is he the eighth best quarterback between Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and like a healthy Matthew. Stafford. Like it's so meaningless and it's so bizarre that it's become this polarizing. It drives me crazy. And like today I had to do the force multiplier question where it's like, he's not the type of guy that can lift up a bad team. It's like they lost a game on a short week to a more talented team. He played poorly. Very poorly. He deserves criticism. But to then like question whether you can win a championship with him just is like such a stretch. And you're right. They're like minute um arguments and like obscure, meaningless rankings and and titles. Like you can't it, no quarterback, you can't like put any quarterback on a bad team and win a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, you're Man. gonna need some talent around you. That's the way it is. Uh, I don't know how to have these conversations in a way that's reasonable because we get to the point where there's nothing else to be said and you have to have like a definitive statement. Otherwise, it's not interesting. It's nothing interesting about a tweet that or uh, a take that's like, 
Oh, man, they had a short week and they lost. They came up short. Dak had a bad game, but they still got a chance with Dak and McCarthy because they won 12 yeah. games this year in a playoff game. Like, I, I, I saw know. people it's... arguing about this, and I was like, we've now re- re- reached a weird point because no one is arguing that he's Mahomes, Burrow, or Allen, and no one is arguing if he's, <laughs> that he's bad. It's like we're, we're arguing about nothing. But that does – what do you think that, that leads to the second part of this? Because they're, they're sort of connected. What do you think about the reaction to the Aaron Rodgers Cowboys reaction? All of all of this stuff. The Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers, trying to uh, or suggesting that he might go somewhere else. Yeah, and the people being like, like it pick it was picking up steam, like Bill Simmons being like, "Oh, it's probably going to be the Jets, but why not the Cowboys?" Type of thing. Like, the oh, oh yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, that's yeah, like that's that's stupid. I don't know. I think. Aaron Rodgers is an upgrade talent-wise over almost everybody in football, assuming that this year was uh, aberration and he had a broken thumb and that, like, slowed his play. So, like, I get that. But putting Aaron Rodgers into Dallas does wonders for the value of the franchise and And the attention. Yeah, and for us and the attention. Well, it actually might hurt us because right now we got – storylines in Dallas and storylines in Green Bay. We combine them. That might limit our storylines. But I don't think that putting him into that soup (laughs) makes it better. Honestly, like I think that Dak Prescott's personality is good for that place and uh, and mixes well with Jerry Jones, who is the star of the star. Um, And also like the runway is longer with Dak Prescott. I think that's absurd. I do have to admit, though, like Aaron Rodgers is a little bit like annoying, I guess is the way to put it out there. And it like colored the way that I was like reacting to him. And the more I think about it, the more I love how he, who he's become. Like, I don't have to be his friend, but like, fuck the organization and team. Like, if you really listen to like the arguments that people are making to come down on Aaron Rodgers, it's so pro management. It's like one time, Every so often, a player has some power and leverage and treats the teams with, like, the same uncertainty that the teams treat them. And, like, we all are like, oh, my gosh, you can't do that to the Packers. Like, what the fuck are the Ravens doing to Patrick – or I mean, to um Lamar Jackson right now? It's, like, the same yeah. sort of thing, and we just have become accustomed to accepting it, and it just bothers me. And Aaron Rodgers is, is like, not the perfect symbol, obviously, but – I enjoy watching him like flip the pack, the whole Packers organization flapping in the wind. It makes me happy. Do your thing, Aaron. You want to be on management? You want to be pro management? Like, no, I, no, 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 no. Everybody no, who like, actually, has a regular. I, I don't even think he's done any. He, what, I don't even know what he's done that's that bad for management. He's telling them to make the team better. They paid him the $58 million. Like right, his deal rocks. It's not what's, what's bad for management. And at least the arguments that I, that I hear is like, you're you're not you're non-committal, which makes it harder for them to make decisions. That's why you lost Adams because you were non-committal. You're talking they've bent over backwards to like accommodate your whims and you gave you a big contract and now you're like maybe somewhere else. Like those arguments are out there. I don't know why you act like you haven't heard them. Like they're, they're no, out no. There. I just I just think that I think those arguments are stupid because I actually okay, don't yeah. think that he did it is I don't think what he's done to the Packers organization is any different than any player trying to win he's not like 
refusing to play. He hasn't demanded a trade. He wants to put a good roster around him. To me, that's like, that's like we, you get into the player, the player empowerment discussion. Mm -hmm. That's like the really positive part of player empowerment. It's not like making a worse product. It's making a better product on the field. It's making a more interesting product. It's using your leverage to give yourself a better chance to win. It's not like, it's not like, you know, NBA players sitting out a random Tuesday or do or, you know, switching teams every offseason. This is the, the good part. The, the I was part ready with to Rogers, fight you and you're agreeing with me, but um, NBA players <laughs> taking off a week, a random Tuesday in a season is also what the teams want. It's not necessarily what the player Just a bummer for, for us. Yeah, like, it sucks for us. Yeah, but that's yeah. that's not that's not the player's fault. It's the team trying to optimize their playoff chances. But even the Roger stuff, like good for the fans. Like if I'm a Green Bay fan, like, yeah. Sweet. Make him make him try and trade a, a pick for a Cooper Cup or right. DeAndre or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Like awesome. They'll look great in a Packers uniform. The thing that Rogers loses me is when he claims that us in the media are like, it's because these games have been sponsored by Pfizer of why we criticize him. And he just hops there from being like, Yeah, I was peacefully whale watching when all of this stuff like came after me. That's the stuff where I'm just like, Yeah, dude, that is on. annoying. Like, where he threw yeah, he, he throws Molotov cocktails into the middle of the party and then is confused when we all have questions for him. Like, it's it's mm -hmm. very weird that he's surprised every time. He's like, oh, they want to... Last week, like, he respond, He said the stuff about, I don't know where it's going to be. And then this week, I think he responds by being, like, kind of surprised. Oh, this is what they want to talk about? Bruh, like, you gave us something. If you want us to not talk about it, don't give us anything. And, like... Well, You're a super famous, interesting Hall of Fame quarterback who's suggesting there's a possibility that you might play somewhere else. What the hell else are we supposed to do for two hours on get up in the morning? A hundred percent. This is <laughs> this is where I always I always laugh about it because it's like this is what I don't think he gets. Like I can say this honestly from the sports media producer thing. The agenda is just refreshing Twitter and reading articles on the athletic and the ring that we find interesting. I mean, like, huh. That's an interesting athlete who said something interesting. Let's talk to smart people about it. And Rogers is like, there's a grand, there's a grand conspiracy because of my vaccine stance. Like, nah, dude, you made yourself interesting by throwing a football better than anyone ever. And now you're giving us cryptic quotes. That's all it is. If there's a grand conspiracy, we're pawns just like you, Aaron. We are, yeah. we are, we are being manipulated just like you. We are not in on it. All right. Um, so I'm so happy that we get to get out of here without discussing um jeff saturday's second interview yeah you're I'm, you're happy about that <laughs> yeah i'm very happy about it because uh, i can't be unbiased and i don't want to have this conversation with you because you're gonna put me in a corner that's gonna force me to say things that i don't want to say about a longtime friend thank you charlie for being on here sarah abbott you're the best <laughs> heidi khan awesome producing christina buswell we love you Congratulations to Jeff Saturday for taking the torch from Urban Meyer for the funniest coach in the NFL. Cut all of that out. Don't pick on my buddy, Jeff. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.